Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. This week, I'm sharing another live recording of a one-on-one coaching session because after last week's episode, I heard from so many of you saying how helpful it was to hear it in action and to take away some actionable strategies just from listening. So this week, my friend Megan and I are going to share with you the session that we did around nap struggles. Ugh big stuff, especially when, like her, if you have a two and a four-year-old, they're in different developmental places and stages, and so they need different amounts of sleep, maybe. So enjoy this week's live coaching episode, and don't forget that today is the very last day to sign up for the Transforming the Toddler Year Spring Cohort. We start tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard, and I am ready. All of this live coaching I've been doing has me ready to dive in and be your personal coach, your personal educator for the next six weeks and help you transform from a conscious level those mindsets, those perspectives, and then own the strategies, handpick them that work for you, your family, your child, your home environment, so that you can truly transform these toddler years. So sign up tonight by midnight, and let's get started tomorrow. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, Megan. Thank you for joining me today here in our safe conscious parenting space. Thank you for having me. You are the first to step up and say, I am a mom and I'm strong and I'm powerful and I can do all the things except I actually need some help doing them. This is an SOS call that I will gladly, gladly make that call. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So why don't you spell out your issue? Tell us what you're dealing with here. Yes. So I have two kiddos, Jack and Sophia, as I know, you know, Um, Jack will be four in May and Sophia turned two in November. She'll be two and a half in May. So they're exactly a year and a half apart. Sophia is not your typical two-year-old. The doctor even says so. I mean, she's got a close older brother, so it makes sense. Um, And so they both have decided to stop napping. So we, I can't really remember specifically when it started, but I think it started before we went to move. So we moved into this house, as you know, in October. But I feel like the problems really started after we got into this house where neither of them will nap. They like would before at least have quiet time in their rooms, in their beds. Um, But now it's getting to the point where like Jack's waking up. The other day he woke up at 3.30. Other days he'll wake up at five, like extremely, extremely early and not fall back asleep. You can tell his body needs sleep so much. So we've tried to compensate with earlier bedtimes. They've been sleep trained when they were babies. We've tried everything. We've tried more food. We cannot get him to sleep until seven. 
at least he's staying in his room, but the poor guy you could tell needs sleep. And I know he's kind of in that in between where maybe he's dropping his nap, but his body's not quite ready, but the rest of him is. Sophia, at least we could put her down at six or 6.30 and she'll sleep till seven, but she's still not napping. So the only solution I've come up with is if I get them in the car, we stay out until about noon, I get them in the car, they will end up falling asleep in the car. It's not good sleep, but at least it's 30, 45 minutes of their brain shutting off. So if you have any SOS advice, like, is it is it worse? I mean, I know it's not a great habit to have them in the car, but at least is it something? Is there something else we should try? Are we just at this point where we just have to let the nap go and let the cards fall where they may? I feel like I've tried everything and I'm out of options. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you're so heads up, right? So you mm -hmm. start creating your strategy list right away. I'll try this. If it doesn't work, let's try this. I'll try this. Um, so let's just take a few steps backwards. Mm -hmm. Number one, do you know how much sleep kids between two and five should be getting every day? I think, isn't it like 13 or 15 to 18 hours or am I still in baby range there? You're still in baby range. I'm hopeful, <laughs> wrongfully. <laughs> I get it, right? The idea of that time that has always been so precious and we get so little of it to begin with when they are resting and we are whatevering, whether it's filling our own cup or getting something accomplished, disappearing is a really hard concept. I get that. But yeah, so they really only need between 10 to 12 hours a day in a 24-hour period of good restful sleep. And that includes mm -hmm. nap time. Okay. All right. So when they were little, we wanted that 12-hour stretch overnight. And mm -hmm. then we were piling on the additional sleep during the day to get to the 15 to 17. Okay. All right. So with that in our toolkit now of knowledge... <laughs> When you put Jack to bed or Sophia and they sleep, so we'll take Sophia because she's doing it, right? Yeah. She's sleeping seven to seven. Mm -hmm. All right. Does that mean she doesn't need some quiet downtime in the middle of the day to not be engaged? No, of course not. But if she doesn't actually sleep, it's probably all right. Okay. Is that landing? Oh yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I'm just processing. Cause yeah, we'll put her down sometimes between six and six 30 and she'll sleep until seven. So she's getting a little more than 12, but she's always been one that would sleep a little bit more. Jack had always been like an 11 and a half hour sleeper, like never really a fully 12 and always had shorter naps. So it only makes sense that his body probably just needs a little less. Oh, you are so in tune, Megan. That's the <laughs> next place we were going, which was let's go back to who they are. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about baby Jack and baby Sophia, those natural just things about them that were real as they related to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so Jack and I are both HSP, so I relate to him a lot. And growing up, I'm an only child and my parents were divorced when I was three. So I would always like be with my mom a lot or like sleep with my mom. So I always feel for him because before Sophia came along, before he was 18 months, he would struggle to take his nap. So I would just hold him and let him sleep. I had that luxury where he would just sleep on me. And right after Sophia was born, so maybe a little over 18 months is when we sleep trained him or right around 18 months is when we sleep trained him. And it was where we were at the point where he can't sleep. I mean, I can't have him sleeping on me while I'm taking care of a newborn. So that was like a lot of his MO was the comfort. And I feel like he, I think to crave some one-on-one -on -one time. 
throughout the day where he just like wants that attention. Um, and then, yeah, sleep wise, he just, unless he was being held for a while, he, he didn't take his naps around 18 months that started. Um, and then he's always been a shorter sleeper in general. Yeah. So being in tune with who he is, what his experience was as a very little person, and then sensorily what he really needs to feel safe Mm -hmm. inside a sleep space. And obviously he has the ability to self-soothe, but prefers if that's a shared experience. A hundred percent. Okay. So, so we are keyed in there. Now talk about Sophia, because I personally had a kid who needed could do much more sleep, actually mm-hmm. needed more than the recommended guidelines. And so, you know, she may be someone who can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sophia, she, she's like our little tank. Like she's just so good. Um, when I've been putting her down and she hasn't napped, she'd at least stay in her bed because she still has the crib and she would stay in her bed and she was fine just kind of talking with herself, having a toy in there and at least having quiet time for 30 to 45 minutes and then goes down like a breeze for bedtime. There's no, you know, her screaming, trying to get out of the room. It's like lay down out It's six, it's 630 and she sleeps until seven, seven fifteen. And then her temperament at the end of the day is pretty decent. So not as many meltdowns, doesn't look super tired. I mean, you know how you get like the toddler drunk where they're like just super loopy. They both will get like that, but Jack will like trip on the air and be very upset about it. You can tell he's just so exhausted. Whereas Sophia, she seems to handle the no sleep pretty well for being a little over two, which I know is shocking. It is. But when we dig deep, like we're doing right now into who they are, like their physiology and their bodily needs and the buffer that they wake up with in the morning that they eat away from for all the triggers that come in, it makes sense because we're Mm -hmm. looking at them as such unique individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And I hear their beautiful souls in the background. (laughs) So really what this comes down to is aligning what you need with what they need and then finding a compromise that allows both to happen. Mm, That sounds fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) While also considering that we are empowering them with the skills that they need to learn how to calm their own bodies in a challenging moment that is not in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Because Jack is at a place where he's not that far away from having to do this outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And so every time we think of a new strategy or a compromise, we want to include them in this conversation. We want to build it together so that specifically Jack in this case knows the reason that mom and dad say that from 12.30 PM or whatever your time is, that, that for one hour in the afternoon, I need to be in my room by myself doing my own thing is because, and then you work that out together. Dad and I believe that you deserve time to be calm by yourself. Dad and I deserve time to be calm by ourselves because we know we can be better parents to you the rest of the day when we take a break. We're not talking about sleep. We're talking about human interaction here. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the relationship and you are in a very unique position that your household still very much lives 
almost a COVID life, right? You yep. work from home, your husband works from home. You've shared with me separately that childcare is not a great situation for you right mm -hmm. now. So we're like, you are that everything inside one home. So we're going to really lean into the interactive human development piece about why I need my space and why you need your space and that it's okay and it's good and it's healthy. Mm -hmm. I think you just phrased that so beautifully because we've explained it as like, well, your body needs sleep. Like when you're getting upset, your body needs rest. That's your body telling you that, that it needs some rest so that you can refuel. But we've never had this kind of conversation of let's just drop, <laughs> drop the sleep part and just say the space part. We've talked about, we have our me time and stuff like that. So he knows that. And sometimes he will like go into a room and just say, I just need my space. Um, so I think that's a beautiful way that you phrased it that I haven't heard before that we something we haven't tried yet to work and co-create together. Yeah. Another thing I will say to add to that conversation is, Jack, while you are having your own space and time, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. If your body is showing you that it feels tired, honor it, respect it, lay down. If you fall asleep, great. If you don't, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. permission to do either, because a lot of that anxiety comes from the expectation that there's one outcome that needs to happen. Yeah. And then there's the tools, right? We want to empower them with the tools. And I don't know if you already have some of them in your home. What are you using as far as a measurement of time that your kids can look at and know, okay, I'm this close to being done with my quiet time. Yeah, we started with we have a hatch. And so we started with the like light system, but we got a clock and we taught him how to read the digital clock. So he's still trying to understand. We taped off the minutes for a while just so he could understand the hour. And then he's still trying to understand the minutes. We pulled that off, but he's starting to be able to look and know like and we timed up the hatch too in the morning when it's seven, the hatch turns green. And so that's how we can differentiate between it's actually time to get out of bed. Okay. Fantastic. And that's working for him. You feel like that's, he's staying in his room now, at least before at five in the morning, we'd hear a knock on our door. So we did set up a baby gate too, just for some extra defenses. But at nap time, I tried in his room yesterday for the first time in a while. And he said, it's okay, mama, I'll just be in here until three. Like, I know I'll stay in here until three. So he knows like what number to look at and he knows kind of what the time frame is but that was a two-hour chunk so i think it was a bit uh, overzealous of me <laughs> fantastic i love that you took that leap okay so there's a timekeeping opportunity there and he gets that that's fantastic mm -hmm. what about the options if you're not sleeping you can what are the options that are in his room that he can do that's safe while while he's awake in quiet timing Yep. So we left some car. He loves rooming toys. So we left some cars in there. We have books in there. Um, we might have a couple Paw Patrol people too. And then we used a Christmas tree, like foot pedal on a lamp so that in the morning, more specifically, he can get up and he can at least turn that light on. So it's a little bit more dim. So he'll like get up, turn the light on, get himself dressed. And then he'll just quietly play with like to himself unless this morning he had an incident with his clothes that he was upset about. But um, we tried to do like things that wouldn't be noisy so he doesn't wake Sophia up either. Fantastic. You're yeah. so heads up about all this. <laughs> so that's fantastic. So one thing I would say is be prepared with a backup set of stuff. 
so that mm-hmm. when things start to plateau out, you can just swap them and be like, oh, it seems like it's time for some new fun things to do during your alone time in here. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, will grow with his developmental stuff too. He'll, he'll want to be doing different things. Mm-hmm. As for this morning, did you put him back? Yep. And how did that go? He stayed until seven. I think I handed the monitor to, to my husband. So I don't think I paid attention to if he stayed in his bed or if he, he just stayed in his room until seven. So. so on a day like today, I would have a more focused conversation at quiet time. Okay. I remember this morning, your body woke you up really, really early and you went back in your room, but I don't know if you got any more sleep. So your body might feel more tired today than it usually does. Be really listening for it. Be really paying attention to it and give him that opportunity. And then if he falls asleep, he does. That's super helpful. Oh, I'm so glad. So for Miss Sophia, how does she handle quiet time? She used to be pretty good about it, like a good 30 to 45 minutes of being quiet at least. Now she'll just... Like yesterday, she just basically screamed the whole time. Jacko will at least be quiet. She was like screaming and saying she wanted to get out and, but was still kind of laying there. So, you know, like she wants to sleep, but she's just fighting it. And she, again, she's still in her crib. So she doesn't have like the autonomy to get out. We do have like a travel air mattress in there that we tried once to put her on. Um, We have the toddler front. We're just not we tried to make that break before and it didn't seem to go well for bedtime. But when she tried to take a nap in that toddler bed, she can't open the door. And then she was upset that she couldn't open the door. And I was worried she would climb on something. So, and we've tried them together. We've tried to let them both be together in the same room for quiet time. And we all know that wasn't quiet. Here's where the 18 month gap really plays in Mm -hmm. that cognitively and developmentally, she is in a very different space. Mm -hmm. So this, this is trickier Mm -hmm. because there's a safety factor, right? Yeah. And what you're doing is supporting that learning again Mm -hmm. of you can be in here by yourself and it is okay. And you are safe. What is there that she could climb on? If I didn't have her in the crib? Yeah. So just her dresser, which I don't think we have that one tethered. So that's the only thing. I don't really think she would climb on it, but like my mom nerves, that's what worries me that like, what if she did something? And more, it's just her standing at the door, like slamming on the door, screaming, wanting to come out versus at least when she's in her crib, she can scream, but I know she's not going to (laughs) like bash into anything. So she is old enough in a crib to have a variety of objects with her. Mm -hmm. So for her, You definitely want to try to have the same conversations. Mm -hmm. You want to lay that foundation now that this is an expectation because you know you're a two-year-old and two-year-olds can do this. Mm -hmm. Two-year-olds are capable of being in their room for one hour and enjoying their own time. And then maybe together you brainstorm fun things she wants to do or toys or tools or whatever Mm -hmm. that are not generally available to her in her room or in the rest of the house. Okay. And then you make a quiet time box of those things. Mm -hmm. She only gets them when it's quiet time in her crib. Mm -hmm. That is the only hour of the day she can play with those things or Mm -hmm. read those books or, and this is where knowing her is going to come in handy, right? Because you know Mm -hmm. what her 
for high desire. I'll do anything for that. Things are. Mm -hmm. And then have a backup toolkit and swap them out, swap them out, swap them out. And more often than not, you'll probably find that if she buys in, she's calm and engaged with these small things that she loves to do. Mm-hmm. She'll probably just lay down and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has something to look forward to instead of dread when she gets in the crib. Yeah. Because you know that this space, people, if you can't see me, <laughs> I'm like, my <laughs> hands are literally like above my head. That triggered space where your cortisol levels are through the roof and you can't hear anybody and you can't experience any real feeling or emotion because you're just in flight in her case, flight and fight, right? Screaming, yelling, and trying to get out of the room. Mm -hmm. There's no chance of sleep there. She's too elevated. Mm -hmm. We need to create something that feels good to her, empower her, make her feel like she's in control of all these, these really fun things she gets to do just for that one time in the day. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's got my brain turning now like, oh, this was fun. We'll get to create a quiet time box together. And oh, what mini mouse books are we going to find? Or maybe it's library books that we like get that are specific for quiet time or something like that. Yeah. That would be exciting. And what's the bonus here, Megan? I get an hour. Well, you get your hour, <laughs> but you also are collaboratively problem solving with your child. Mm-hmm. So two of you are making this plan together. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, you get to come back together like any good executive would do in the boardroom and say, we thought this was going to work, but it didn't. What else can we do? You're engaging critical thinking skills. You're allowing her to be part of the plan and together you'll figure it out one way or another. I honestly think about you all the time because I've been using that phrase, especially in moments when I'm getting a little frustrated when the kids are not listening and saying like, guys, we need to work as a team. And I I think about our conversations so often where you explained that of like, it's collaborative and and creating together and like, well, what would you want and how can we make this work? And so I say to them all the time, like, guys, we're a team. Like, we're not working as a team right now. Can we work as a team? How can we do it? And maybe those aren't the best words to be using, but I think they're better than most others I could use in a frustrated in space, right? But I do think about you so often as like changing my frame of reference of how can we do it together versus me being the one always having to be in charge. That's exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) That is exhausting. Yes. Well, thank you for that. I really, Mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And if you ever feel like you're saying team too many times, you could swap it out with, we need some new ideas. Mm. I have one, but I'd like to hear what you're thinking. What are your ideas? I love that. (laughs) taking my notes. Yeah. Uh, Well, Megan, I just want to say thank you for trusting me. This is a really tricky thing, parenting and allowing somebody else into your journey and being willing to share it with our community is just, it's so brave. So thank you very much for opening your heart and your home and your kids to us. Cara, thank you for hosting this space like this. I literally have been telling everybody about this. I'm so appreciative of it because, I mean, you know, behind the scenes, we've been struggling with this for a while. So I'm looking forward to going now and being able to to help them. I appreciate it. Very good. Oh, my goodness. As always, come on back and keep us in the loop. And we are really hoping to see in the comment thread in a few weeks, things are going so much better. Yes, (laughs) me too. Thank you, Mama, for making time for yourself and prioritizing your parenting, listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.